Intentional Education Podcast challenges the current one-size-fits-all approach to education. Here, you'll learn frameworks and tools to empower you to build your own child-led schooling. I'm Astrid, former school director, now boy mama, that shares all things alternative education to include Montessori and forest education and non-traditional schooling. Each episode, you'll leave with more tools to support your children in their lifelong journey of learning. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Intentional Education Podcast. This one's going to be a little bit differently, or I'm going to run it a little bit differently. The previous episodes were all kind of like based in theories and lessons, and in this one I want to give you more tangible strategies to incorporate um, when your kids are ready to start reading. So my number one disclaimer to this is that your kids will start showing an interest in independently reading at varying stages of their development. For some kids, it can be as early as three years old, while others may not show an interest until later on in their development, like eight or nine. Um, And there's nothing wrong with this, despite what we may see in mainstream standards and social media. Some kids simply are more interested in gross motor activities like basketball and soccer um, or creating art and music, whatever it is that they are more interested in at the time, I, I can promise you that eventually they will start piquing an interest in reading when they are ready to do so. And when they are ready, I want you to have some simple strategies to be able to use with them. Um, and I will also say the very best thing that you can do if your child isn't showing an immediate interest is to just keep introducing it with like no strings attached. The more you try and push a kiddo who isn't interested or who isn't ready, the more they're just going to hate reading in general. And that's the opposite of what we want to do. Right. Um, so I want to start a little bit with like the neuroscience of it because it's just something that I'm always super fascinated by. Um, and I always think that it's important to know, to know the science behind the neuroscience behind that when we're teaching our little humans. So whenever we are learning anything new, this can be for us as adults, as kids, any human, what we're actually doing is strengthening the neural pathways in our brains um, to creating new pathways, but then reinforcing and strengthening them um, through repetition and practice and application. Which is why if we can tie a new skill into something that your kiddo already knows or understands, um, like that background knowledge, if your student already has or if your kiddo already has background knowledge in something, when we can tie ideas together, um, it can be a really great way to not only reinforce the knowledge that they already have, but it can also make it faster to incorporate new knowledge because all we're doing is reinforcing the pathways into our brain that store that information. So when kiddos are starting to read, I always break this down into two different categories. One category are words that can be sounded out phonetically, like cat, k-a-t, cat. 
The other are words that don't generally follow a phonemic pattern or words that we have to memorize and memorize its pattern. So for example, the word you, if we were to sound that out phonetically, it would be y a uh, ya, which is obviously not accurate. Um, so there are there are words that we just keep practicing or memorizing, um, like I said, practicing and memorizing until that neural pathway is strong enough that we or they can instantly recognize it. These are most commonly known as sight words, um, and there are many sight word lists out there that you can find online. I know there's like Dolch sight words, um, pre-primer sight words, I believe. There's, they're, they're all the same words, essentially. They just categorize them and put them into different order. In my opinion, there really isn't one that's better than the other. I would just pick a list and stick with it um, throughout the course of, of y- your teaching of, of reading. So the way we want to start having our kids read is by having our kids understand that letters represent sounds. That's the very basic building block for them. What I would say is we want them to feel as successful as possible in the shortest amount of time. So when we start, we don't want to overwhelm them by introducing all the letters at once. And we also want to find like word families, and and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a little bit, um, where we can easily exchange one letter in the word to make a new word. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna walk us through what I mean by all of this because I know it can be pretty abstract, and I know that reading is obviously a very important skill, um, and it's something that we tend to focus on, um, and so. Like I said, it can be pretty abstract, but I'm going to walk you through what I mean, and then um, you can kind of take it, and and you'll have a really, I feel like you'll have a really great starting block. This is kind of the same strategy that I've taught in the classroom um, when I was teaching students with um, special education, you know, needs. Like, this was the strategy, and thinking about things from a phonetic standpoint. So... Um, let's say we start with the letters A and T, okay? So we would start by using flashcards with both of those letters and practicing their sounds repetitively. It doesn't have to be overwhelming or a huge ordeal here. So we simply start by saying this letter says ah, pointing to the flashcard A, and this letter says t, pointing to the flashcard T. I want you to be careful here that you don't drag on the sounds. So, for example, like we don't want them to be going t, uh, t, right? Because then that kind of adds an extra sound there that we don't want them to have. And I don't want you to laugh here because I have seen this done. So, very as succinctly as you can, t, ah, right? Um, very, very uh, brief and kind of to the point. Once they've gotten the hang of these two letters, let's say, we can start now, and this is why I say we don't want to overwhelm them with the whole alphabet because we want them to 
see the progress and we want them to feel that sense of confidence as quickly as possible. So two letters here, we already have made a word at. Um, so we start by putting these words, to, putting these letters together. Um, so when we start practicing putting them together, what you want to do is segment the sounds first. So at, at, um, and flashcards can make this easier because you can point to each letter independently. And then when you start combining the sounds, you can run your hand underneath the letters so that it's almost one um, one motion, right? So when we're segmenting the sounds, it's very isolated. At, at. So when we're saying at, we're running our, our whole hand underneath both the letters because we want them to see that it's one sound or, or one word, essentially. Um, and so as they start getting more confident with at, at, we can then start to introduce new letters. So like B or C or F, um, M, P, R, S. Um, and this is what we can start calling a word family because now we can put B in front of our at, which they already know. And we can, we can start introducing, let's say B, for example, B, at, bat. Um, and again, you're, you're going to keep repeating this process and you're going to keep practicing with them individually isolating those those sounds and then also putting them all together and once they start understanding that you know b-a-t b-a-t bat right all of those sounds make bat then we can start exchanging them for let's say c k-a-t cat or s s at sat we're keeping those last two letters we're again thinking about that like neural pathway like if they the more we practice it the more we repeat it the more it's going to strengthen them so they have those two letters and we can start adding new letters to the beginning of a word to make new words and then our kids are now reading and they're able to start reading all of these new words. And what you're doing is you're getting them, as they're able to independently start reading, you're getting them excited about reading, which is only going to want them to practice more and to start repeating it more and to start learning new letters more. And so this is where I say, if we can have them find success as quickly as possible, then the better off that our journey in reading is going to be. And then while we're assigned, so at the same time, right, while we're practicing and, and you can do this as quickly or as slowly as your kiddo is picking it up. Um, so if you are just at the at for the week and you're, that's what you're practicing and maybe you're practicing a few more few more letters in there. Um, perfect. At the same time, what you want to be doing is explaining to them that some words can't be sounded out. And so we can't sound them out and they don't say what they're supposed, they don't say the sound that they typically say or that they usually say. 
Um, and so you want to pick whatever list it is that you chose, pick like the first five words of them and just be practicing those. You can write those on flashcards. Um, you, that's probably the easiest that I would say. Um, if you write them on flashcards, you can use them in very unique ways and I'll, or very different ways that will help your kiddo be reinforcing those pathways and um, memorizing them faster, I will say. Um, so once you start, once your kiddo is feeling confident with this, you can start adding, you know, more vowels to make more words. Um, so instead of at, you can change it to it. Um, and again, now if they, if you kind of focus in on one family and you change that middle sound, it, then you can do, they already know bit or sit. Um, and so, because they already know that b sound and that s sound from the, from the, the at family. So I, I also want to add in here that Reading doesn't always have to be like sitting at a table with flashcards and like doing repetition. And the only reason I say this is because when I was working with students back in the classroom, they would get so bored of doing the same thing over and over again. And so what I have found is that if we switch it around a little bit, if they're practicing the same thing, but in a different way, then now you're making it um, spunky, I guess. You're making things different and you're keeping them engaged in the process. So some different activities that you could do in the classroom would be to do a, a letter search or a word search around the house, especially with those sight words. Um, you can use those flashcards that you made for them to learn and put them up around the house and have them go on a hunt and they'll have to go search for them. Um, you can open up, you know, the books that you may have in your house and you may have them just like go back through and search for the words and give them little sticky notes that they can put on the words that they know. It makes it fun and engaging rather than um, we're going to sit here and read today, um, which isn't isn't a bad strategy. It's just sometimes for some kiddos that can get really boring really quickly. So I always want to give you different ideas that you can incorporate into your everyday, even when you're out and about at the grocery store or, you know, um, on a car ride, like just have them look for words or letters that they may know and the sounds that they make. Um, so try to make it as fun and as possible. Um, it doesn't have to all be done like in a vacuum in one lane. Um, try to include it into as many different activities as you can so that you can be building the connection in their brain and strengthening their confidence along with it. Um, another thing that you can do that I did with some of my more like active students was I would kind of put letters up a little bit above their reach. So they would have to like jump and hit the letter and then tell me the sound. So as they're jumping, they're going, buh, and then they're hitting whatever it is. And then they're going, ah, and then t, right, bat. Um, so they're jumping. You can have them do uh, um, a jumping jack, right? <laughs> um for each letter, you could have them do, um, if you have those, um, 
like jumping rocks that they have, you know, you could put a letter in, um, in front of each jumping rock and have them jump from each letter, um, or yeah, put a, put a flashcard in front of each rock, um, and have them jump to each letter while each rock while saying the letter. Um, I want you to have fun with it, right? Like it doesn't have, like I said, it doesn't have to all be done at a table, you know, sitting, sitting very quietly along with it, make it, um, engaging so that we can continue to strengthen that connection in their brain and build it so that they can feel most confident with it. Um, another thing that you could do is once you have them, once you're combining, um, sight words along with just your phonetic words or your word families is you can write it down on a piece of paper. So like, for example, you can say the cat sat on a mat um, and just write that sentence down on the bottom and then they can draw a picture. Once after they've read it, they can draw a picture of it. Um, And so it, you know, if for all of my creative, creative kiddos out there that aren't necessarily, I, I know I said a lot of kinesthetic movers, a lot of gross motor activities, but they can also be smaller activities too. Um, so I hope this helps give you a starting point into introducing reading. I hope it makes it a little less scary for you. Um, it, it doesn't have to be scary and overwhelming. Um, I promise. <laughs> um, and as soon as you start really engaging them, they're going to they, they will kind of pick it up on their own or they will intuitively ask questions about like, what does this word say? What does that word say? Um, you know, what is this letter? And so as you introduce it and as you get them excited, that's why I always say like, have them find the most success as possible, as quickly as possible. Because once you've like, once you've engaged them, they're going to run away with it. Um, And like I said, some kids just aren't interested in reading right away and that is okay too. The best thing that we can do is introduce it and continue to introduce it and not like shove it down their throats and force them to be excited about learning because whenever you're forced to be excited about something, you're never going to actually genuinely like it. Um, so I would love to know your thoughts on this week's episode. I know it was slightly different than the other three that I have done. Um, so would love to know your thoughts at intentional education podcast is where you can find me until next time. Thanks for tuning into the Intentional Education Podcast. If you like what you heard, I'd appreciate you dropping a review. You can also find me on Instagram at Intentional Education Podcast. Until next week.